Hi, everybody. Welcome to the containment unit. This is Janine Melnitz. What can I do for you? Put on your bunny slippers. It's slime for the Ghostbusters containment unit podcast with your hosts, Matt and Tom. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with another episode of the Containment Unit Podcast. My name is Matt, and as always, I am here with your friend and mine, Thomas Henry. Tom, how are you feeling right now? Oh, boy. Um, I guess the best way I can put it is... uh, like there's an overwhelming sense of peace, I guess. Hmm. Peace. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we've waited for today for 32 years. Uh, it's finally here. You know, it's now you can stop thinking about it. You can stop dreaming about it. Stop wishing. It's actually here. Does that depress you a little bit? No, because then you can move on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. It felt the same kind of way when um, when the last Star Wars movie came out, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. You know, it's like, okay, well, now I can move on from this. I don't need to, you know, it, it's like you can just see what comes next. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, Ghostbusters 3 has been one of those things that it's like back and forth for decades. And it's like, you know, I really didn't think that was ever going to happen um, after, uh, you know, Harold passed away. And then after they rebooted it. And here, yet here we are. Miraculously, here we are. And, it happened. Uh, it happened. You know, and uh, it's magnificent. Yeah, no, it, it for sure, it for sure is. It, it is, you know, some of the waiting and the anxiety leading up to the film is fun, the speculation, the hopes, the anticipation, and, and now to your, it's over. There is a piece that comes. Mm-hmm. Although I have to admit, my first viewing, which was two days ago it was mixed I, I was nervous going into the movie and then afterwards i was all cried out man it was <laughs> yeah. very cathartic yeah that'll happen with this movie so uh, we should say that if you're listening to this and you have not seen ghostbusters afterlife you should stop listening right now because we're yeah, about to spoil we're... this mother I think we're going to go into some spoilers here. Yeah. Uh, Probably a couple few, a lot. So again, if you have not seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, stop listening right now. Are we allowed to? I guess we can because we, <laughs> we paid to see it's it. Out. Yeah, it's, it's out. It's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I paid twice to see it. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm contemplating a third viewing already. I've got my fourth viewing tonight, I guess. Yeah, it's four. You're such a baller, Tom. Well, you know. I guess. So, I don't know how you want to go about this, man. I was the psycho in the theater the second time who brought a notebook and took notes of many things, figuring that we would be talking about it. I do have some questions for you. You take the lead, because I am am, uh, grossly unprepared for this. I, I... you know, I, um, I got, I certainly got some things that we could talk about, uh, okay. some fun things that have happened recently. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's just kind of see where it goes. 
All right. So first, let, let's just start very general. Did Ghostbusters Afterlife did it did it meet your expectations? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, look. Here's the thing. Um, you know, some people wanted a Ghostbusters three, and make make no mistake, this is Ghostbusters three. Um, a lot of people wanted a Ghostbusters three that that was more like Ghostbusters two, probably. You know, but that's a movie that hasn't been possible probably since like 1999. You know, you have to you have to realize that the cast, the original cast, they're in their 70s at this point. So it's unrealistic to think that that's that they're going to carry a, an entire film, you know, with all the, the action and stuff. So um, it is I would say, you know, what you and I talked about two years ago, I would say it is exactly what I expected it to be and what I wanted it to be. But I wasn't prepared for some of it and how emotional like i we knew years ago that it was going to wreck us but i i just didn't expect it to this level it's different when you're in the theater and uh i, I just realized i was trying to write something but i don't need to because we're doing on those podcasts i'm just gonna this will be exactly this this is your statement let, let say it loud and say it proud tom henry <laughs> you know it's like we had theories about things i would have loved to see rick moranis in there um i really 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 wanted to see uh, Sigourney suiting mm -hmm. up. I thought that would have been fun because she's uh, Dana or she's uh, Ripley, you know, from Alien. So she could do action. I, I thought that would have been fun, but I get it. And and the way that it, it played out is just perfection, in my opinion. I, I wouldn't change anything about the movie at all, personally. Yeah. How about you? I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't know that I would change anything. I, I think you and I were discussing with some of our admins and mods from our Facebook group, which if you're not in our Facebook group, the containment unit on Facebook, please make sure you join us now as we've got some exciting announcements from Afterlife for signings that we will be dropping here in the near future. Uh, I, but I think there are some things that you could always say, I wish there was more of this. I wish there was more of that. And I, I don't know that any of the things that we talked about, I don't know that it dramatically improves the movie if it improves it at all. I think some of it's preference and opinion, but I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know that I would change anything. I think I, I, this movie proved me wrong, Tom. I, you know, there, there were certain things that I said, I hope they don't do this. And then they did it. Yeah. And it was incredible. Like, for example, Tom, can you just like in a, in a, like a, a sentence or two, can you just tell me how the movie ends? Tell me about that third scene. Say out loud what happened. Oh God. Uh, without crying. <laughs> Is that uh, if you can. The thing that, that people I think were nervous about was uh, kids as ghostbusters you know certainly when yes. you and i when we saw the toys and they were dressed in the flight suits you know we were kind of like oh boy here we go because um, it felt a little like ghostbusters jr and and i guess there's some of that but like here's the thing um the movie really feels like what it would be like if kids found a proton pack in their basement um and as kids do they get in over their heads and the shit hits the fan and who are you gonna call and and that's that's that third act um 
the guys show up to save the day. And, you know, Murray said it best. This movie's, you know, the Ghostbusters are there, but they're a man down. Or are they? And then something that I expected but wasn't prepared to see happened. And I, I just can't. I, I, yeah, it's just it's 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 just beautiful, right? And, but um, but here here's my thing, like 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 let's remove remove the emotion of seeing it. If I were to tell you that Ghostbusters Afterlife, that third final act of the film, had kids dressed up like Ghostbusters and Force Ghost Egon is there to help the original guys put Gozer away for good. That is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, I think we would all be like, uh, mm-mm, I don't know if I'm there for this. <clears throat> and that's exactly what they did. And it had all of us weeping. Yeah. And it looks but, really good, which is, which is amazing. It does. You know, it's, I, I kind of knew and, and saw it coming because years ago they had, you know, before Afterlife was even announced, Ivan had said something at a panel at a con or something and said um, that there was a possibility of digitally recreating Harold in some capacity, possibly. Like, And then I, I, I think that Violet even weighed in on it. And she was like, well, it depends, you know, kind of thing. But, and I, I don't know if we'll go into this or not. And I certainly don't want to, uh, you know, get us off topic. But like, at the... I was in the theater at the premiere and, uh, and Jason said that, you know, this movie's for Harold. And he said that the first person to read the script was Ivan and the second people to read the script were, were Harold's children. And so they weren't going to move forward without the blessing of the family. And, uh, you know, Violet and Molly were in the theater, um, you know, watching it with the rest of us. And, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like it's, uh, ghoulish or in bad taste. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it feels uh, fitting for what the, the franchise is. It, it's, I mean, it's perfection. It's like I told you the other day, Ghostbusters Afterlife does Star Wars better than Star Wars. Like they've got this Force Ghost thing figured out, locked in, and just on point. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. And I didn't want it, but Jason... He didn't give us necessarily what we wanted, but he gave us what we needed, and it was it was beautiful. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I, I agree. I, I do agree with that. It, it it does feel a lot like um, like the Force Awakens, but better. For sure. <laughs> you know, I, I listened to Kevin Smith's review, and he said that uh, Jason did the thing that that the new Star Wars movies didn't do, and that's getting the original cast together. You know, and and it was just, it was nice. It was nice to see them again, and and it was nice to to just get that that last bit. You know what we had hoped for, it, and you know it, the movie kind of ends a little it, clunkily, I guess. It's it's just a little clunky because it, it just kind of abruptly ends, and then you know we don't really see any resolution. Um, but I, I guess. To be fair, that's kind of how the other movies went too. The other Ghostbusters movies, they they kind of 
defeat the bad guy and then they have like two seconds of celebration and then we're done. So I guess it, it's, yeah, similar. it would have been nice for them to go inside and drink some cocoa and see that. <laughs> yeah. But we know what's going to happen. Like it's not a big deal. You know, I saw it with, uh, yesterday with some, some friends who are not fans like we are and they all loved it too. So, you know, they're, I, I think the movie is, um, I think it plays to many, many different types of audiences and, uh, I'm just so happy that it that it doesn't suck, you know. It, yeah. Oh, yes. In a world where reboots happen constantly, they're often very bad. Um, I I can, I can like, I think Rocky Balboa is the first one that really kind of did this, where you bring back an aging hero many years later, and uh, and then they followed it up with Creed and all that. But like, when you think about other movies that have tried this, they don't always work. Um, but Afterlife, for me, really does. Um, yeah. I'm just glad that they didn't miss the mark. <laughs> oh, I, I totally agree. And you know what? The I, I looked at it earlier today. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I think the, the critics have the score in 60-something percent. But the fan score, which is over 500 different certified reviews, is 96%. So don't listen to the critics, man. It, the fans are in love with this film. It, Jason said from the beginning, it's a gift. And that's absolutely what it was. Yeah, I think it's just... Um, I haven't read reviews in a long time or really given a crap about Rotten Tomato scores. Um, you know, some of the movies that I, I hold dear uh, aren't rated very well. But you know Like what? The Last Jedi. That's right. I love The Last Jedi. I love it. It's a... Yeah, anyway, we're not going to talk about The Last Jedi. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I think there's just a disconnect between what critics are looking for and what audiences are looking for. And, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker had a lot of fan service in it, a ton. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife has a lot of fan service in it as well. Um, and it, it's it's a lot like Force Awakens in that you kind of retread some of the same ground. But it makes sense. You know, it's not... Uh, I, I don't think it's overwhelming, uh, personally. You know, it's not like there's... I mean, there's callbacks and stuff. Look, this movie was made for fans. Yeah. It's a love letter to the original movie. And and that's what you're going to get. But I, I was happy to see it, you know? It's it's just yep. little stuff. I, I don't think anything in there is, like, necessarily too in your face. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, it, it was good. It was good. So let me, let me think how I want to go about this, man. I do have questions. I have observations. I had things that I wrote down that I, I, I appreciated. Then I have just questions that are not like your opinion about review, but maybe things that I just missed in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, after you had gone to New York Comic Con, we got together and you had told me that um, there's nothing you would change, but there were questions you didn't get answered. And yes. you, you had said that there was nothing major about those things, but just there were some like unanswered things. Like, for example, we don't know podcasts. We don't real know name. name. Yeah. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, little things yeah, like it's that. Just, it's just strange. We don't know who Callie's mother is. Um, nope. You know, I don't think that there's a chance that it is Janine, but I will say this. It's a little weird to me. And I don't, th- like I said, I don't think this hints towards Janine being her mom because that would just be weird. But the way that Janine introduces herself and she says i'm egon's and she kind of goes like uh uh, you know friend it's a little weird but then there's also kind of that same weirdness at the end in the credits when when that scene happens and it's like 
you're you're led to believe that there's more there than friendship and maybe that's it maybe they had a fling uh and that's yep. kind of what you know it's easier than saying like oh well we fucked once oh sorry i forgot what podcast we were on Beep. uh <laughs> but it's like that was just a little weird it's just strange that you know like we don't know who the father of the kids are i mean and i don't think any of it necessarily is needed at all it's just strange stuff to admit like I mean, there's there's other nerd things that it's like, well, what about Ecto-1A, or is the video game canon, or where's Oscar, like, these questions, but it's like, dude, we don't need to know every answer to everything, you know Did you I mean? at least expect, though, to see something about Oscar in that first post-credit scene, while Bill and Sigourney are sitting there, or sorry, Peter and Dana are doing the whole cute electroshock therapy? Did you at least expect to see, like, Oscar turn the corner, no. which he'd be an adult, no. so living with mom and dad would be Not weird. Not, there's no. not a picture. Yeah, I would have expected a photo on a bookshelf or something in the background. You know, a lot like what Indiana Jones did uh, with Sean Connery and um, and Sala and all those characters. Like, they were in photos kind of around Indy's house, you know, but it's not like you need to talk about it. You and know, they don't I, even tell us that they're, ex- like, it's not explicit that they're married, but I are, think it's safe to assume. They're in a ring. No, oh, they both are, and yeah, they're, they're living married. together. Yeah, they're married. You asked me together, that question to each other. To each you other. You asked me that question when the the last trailer dropped. You were like, "Oh, who's Venk been married to?" And I was like, "Are you fucking serious right now? Like, obviously he's married to Dana. Like, there's no and, question." I, and I I figured that to be the case, but like, who, who knows, man? Can we put an explicit tag on this, or do I got to? You're, you're going to have to. You dropped two f bombs already, <laughs> man. You're just that fired up today. I am. I am fired up today, I guess. So here's another weird question that I had along those lines. Okay. Why is someone as brilliant as Phoebe in summer school while her 15-year-old brother is working? Uh, hmm. I bet you I, – I don't, I don't know this, but I would bet that there's some cut scene that addresses it, that. It, yeah. I would think that it has to do with, like, you know, if you go to college, you can go year-round to get done faster. Like, I think that Phoebe went to summer school to get her credits done faster so she can graduate faster and go to college. That's my theory. Yeah. Well, I, and I mean, I, from a, a, a plot device, we needed Paul Rudd and, and them to get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a feeling that you might be right about it. She just loves to learn yeah, and she's exactly. trying to meet friends and, and maybe that was it. But, you know, I just thought that was interesting. Um, we, we talked about... Um, so I, I kind of asked you this after the first time I saw it, but Force Ghost Egon, mm-hmm. everyone gets sucked <clears throat> in a trap. Gozer, Terror Dogs, even uh, we see this, the mini puffs catch on fire in the Ecto after she's defeated, yeah. but he hangs around. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we, we, we discussed that it, if you notice Egon, he's never in the trap he's always with the yeah. ghostbusters so if they were safe i would assume he's safe and since his life force quote unquote <laughs> isn't connected to gozer that when well, that have, goes out he's fine but i have complicated thoughts on this i guess okay i think you could easily say well egon like the way the trap works like based on the video game i guess is the best you know you have to be in that cone right like the ghost has to be in that cone of light Egon wouldn't have been in that cone of light if he's off right. the side of the Ghostbusters. However, that being said, I would say this. Oh, you know, I think it. I think it, it would. Re- and this is like a nerd thing. And I honestly, when I saw it the first two times, that never even crossed my mind because I was just too into the movie. Uh, that's my bad. It, it I'm sorry. Cross, it, yeah, until I'm sorry. you said it. But here's the thing. I think we have to think about like 
uh, think about Slimer and the Scolari brothers and uh, Muncher, you know, and the theater ghost and the subway, all these ghosts. What are they ghosts of? Um, you know, is Slimer the ghost of a man? If so, why does he look like Slimer, but yet Egon looks like Egon? You know I'd, I mean? I'd wonder that too. So, so I wonder if there's like some kind of, you know, if the ghost is evil or, uh, I don't know, like, are there different types of classifications? I really don't know. You know, also, Egon kind of like, he's a ghost that you kind of like, uh, have seen in other movies, you know, he, he can disappear, he can interact with lights and objects and stuff, but we don't really see that from any other ghosts in the franchise, so I don't know, I, I feel like there's some difference, um, to Ghost Egon than there is other ghosts. Yep, but I for sure. That that's a question I don't care to know the answer. I don't. I don't need the answer to why he doesn't look like Slimer, <laughs> or why he didn't just appear right. in full view, full bodied apparition form earlier in the movie. That would have definitely shortened things up a little bit. But um, but you know those are just things I wondered. And hey. I don't know if you're telling people that you bought the lamp, so if you need to cut it, but I can see why you bought that lampshade. I did buy the lampshade, yeah. It's so great. Yeah, like, the, it was on eBay before the, so like somebody, the lampshade that interacts with Callie and um, and Phoebe, there was one of them on eBay. And uh, so when I saw the movie at New York Comic Con, I was like, if I see this movie and the lamp is what I think it is, because it moves in the trailer, so now I'm going to buy it. Because at that point, no one had really seen the movie, and if I had waited, obviously it would have it would have sold yep. for sure. Somebody bought it, so I got it. It's actually like right you can see it from here, but um, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with it. But it's and that was again one of those moments where you and I discussed it. You're like, if this is what I think it is, I'm gonna buy it before anybody else has a chance to. And I knew that if I asked if you bought it, that it was either gonna mean Egon is active in this film or not mm -hmm. and so i was kind of hoping you would say no i didn't buy it and then when you said you did i'm like oh man but it works it's called afterlife i mean it's not a stretch but uh what i didn't expect i guess was to see egon alive so right yep that was that was in that that you know his face was kind of hidden Mm -hmm. But you, you you see it, and I thought it was done well. Yeah, I would I agree. Um, so let me let me ask you this: We are an autograph collecting podcast here. Mm, yes, here we go. What do you think this movie does for the cost of a Harold Ramis item moving forward? I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I just gave one away. Um, Yes, and you did get a shout out for it in the latest. I did. Yes, no, have I some podcast. I didn't need a shout out I with did. Uncle Craig. No, he just talked about how touching it was, and then Jake is a little bitter that hey, he look, didn't get one himself. He was happy for Craig, but kind of like, yeah. I, if I had one to give to everybody, I would. I got something else from Jake that he will appreciate. Um, I, I just, you know, he had been looking for one, and so. You know, Craig, was, Craig's was, comment was, "I never would have thought I would have been at Ghostbusters yeah. Afterlife premiere." And would have left with no other Ghostbuster autograph except well, for Harold Ramis. He got Dan, but okay, 
yeah, that's not as good of a sound bite. Sorry, Craig, to throw you under the bus, but uh, we got everybody who signed. The, just not everybody signed. Um, I think, I mean, right now is the best possible. Like you and I talked about this. I had at one point, I had several items that needed bill, and I was trying to get them done at the at the uh, golf tournament because right now, today is probably this weekend is the best possible time to sell Ghostbusters autographs because there's heat from the new movie and all that. I've seen posts on Facebook in other groups like anybody got anything from the new movie or anything? Anybody got anything from the originals? So, um, I don't necessarily know that it impacts Harold. I don't think there's anything in this movie that specifically impacts the price of Harold. I think that this movie, though, just impacts the price of everything Ghostbusters related because it's back in not only the fans are, are more excited than they've been in 30 years, but people who aren't diehard fans are also excited because now it's something new and something exciting. Yeah. I'm certainly excited. I mean, last week, I, you know this, I, I started going ham. Uh, on afterlife signings and and we've got at least five six in the works right now in different stages we announced one today which is sarah not she's one of the voices of the mini puffs and we're going to start that mini puff project i was talking to somebody today who was uh bidding on an item that was from is it analyze this with billy crystal and some other names on there but harold is on it as well I, it, it was listed on an auction site a couple, about a month ago. And I said, I wouldn't spend more than a few hundred dollars on it. Uh, it is currently at 1400 and what I don't know this? if it's, what's that? What is this? I'm unaware it's, of whatever it is you're telling me. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of shared it with you, but I, I don't think you cared. Uh, I think it's a script cover mm-hmm. for analyze this or analyze one, something like it's that. Signed by Harold. Yep. Is it only signed by Harold? No. Billy Crystal, a bunch of other cast members. Um, it, it would. This person was interested in it because it would make a great cut. If you would even think about doing something to this piece, I don't know that it's because of Afterlife, but that piece is already over fourteen hundred dollars. Um, I don't know. I think the desire for Harold items is going to be at a. It's going to be higher, and it's going to drive the price up, supply and demand. So. I, I guess I I don't think that there was a notable increase in price for Peter Cushing after Rogue One, but I I think that people are just gonna like I'm shocked that we haven't seen membership increase yet in the group. Um, you know I think that we're going to uh, just see more interest overall. I think, yeah, you know. It, it kills me because somebody's going to make a meme out of it or something again, I'm sure. But like Bill did not sign the premiere, you know, and, and that's a bummer. I, I was honestly hoping to be done with him by now, but whatever. Um, he's on very few afterlife items. So those are probably going to be worth something because there's not many of them out there. Yep. Yep, it's for sure. You would think if Bill was going to be anywhere in sign, it would be at something like this. But Yeah, it might have happened in a different scenario, but it's like we were at one end of the carpet right by the Ecto-1, and there was a... Like, early on, it was fine, but then people started congregating by the car, so there was this huge sea of people, and it was loud and, and whatnot, and Dan pushed his way through to us, but you would have had to, you know? And so Ernie 
Ivan, Bill, Sarah, and I, I think that's it. Like, those ones, um, you know, it would have been tough for them to get to us. And then, honestly, it took so long by the time they all kind of got done with press, they were pushed in because we were already late for the movie, so they were kind of forced into the theater, so there really wasn't much of an opportunity. Um, you know, Bill signed uh, throughout the day. They were doing press around the city. You know, he signed a few here and there, but it wasn't anything crazy. It's just oh, I would it from what I my seat watching online at home. I would have to guess it was less than ten things if oh, yeah, it was sure. even even near that. Yeah, maybe I five. I, so. I I don't know, but I only know of like four total. But that doesn't yeah, matter. Isn't more. It, it it was less. It, there was not a lot. Bill did not sign a lot at all. So okay. all right. Well, let's see what I got for you, Tom. All right. So, I'll ask that question later. Okay. So, here's some things that as I was watching, I took note of that I appreciated. So, what I appreciated and noticed in uh, my second viewing is I loved that every time a terror dog would materialize, go from invisible to visible, it was filled with smoke. So you like in the opening scene, you see the terror dog kind of come up behind Egon in smoke and then take form. You see this a couple of times throughout the movie. And, and here's why I appreciate that. Because one of my favorite shots of the terror dog from the very first film is in the apartment and it's surrounded by smoke. And I've always thought that that was interesting. Why, why is there smoke? But now we know it's just something that happens when the terror dogs materialize. So that, that was, I thought, cute. Um, the other thing I noticed in that scene, the very first scene. So I didn't catch it the first time. And so you can tell me if I'm wrong. Egon is sitting in the chair. Mm -hmm. Terror dog is coming from behind him he's got the pke meter it's going off then whatever happens happens the pke meter falls on the floor and then it starts to go off again mm -hmm. i took i take it as it it is starting to read egon and his spirit yep. is that what you took yes and you think egon died of a heart attack or do you think he died of something else died of a heart attack yeah, I agree. He's old. He will, and to go through something like that, that would be terrifying. That would make my heart stop. Plus, he just came out of a car accident. Let's not forget that. Right. He was in a truck that rolled. He's limping to the house as he's running. Yeah, I I think that uh, if he could have been possessed, he he would have been, you know, because that's obviously what, what those spirits do is they possess people. But I, I think that maybe that that attempt took him out. His body couldn't take it, maybe. I, I've seen yeah. some suggestions that he sacrificed himself, but I don't know how that... Um, I don't know how that would transpire. Yep. Um, I loved Egon being referred to as the dirt farmer. I thought that was just kind of fun. Yeah, and... that, that, that threw me through a loop because... Um, you know, there's this name in the credits, you know, I, I, when I saw it the first time, I took a note of kind of like who was in the credits <clears throat> and there was a ghost 
farmer ghost that was credited and i was like well who's that i i honestly thought it was the ghost at the counter for some reason the, but that's a more of a minor and so i uh i asked about it after the movie and uh farmer ghost is egon and it didn't occur to me until that moment i was like oh that makes sense so mm-hmm. i love too when uh the family's at spinners for the first time and that waitress comes up and she's talking to callie and callie says well you know, I'm sure that he'll be missed. <laughs> he goes, nope, and just and leaves. I love uh, Tracy Lett's character. I don't know if we have a name of his character, but he just made the comment that he bought some bizarre shit. I don't remember Tracy being credited. He might not have been. But I, I wasn't I don't really know. looking for him, to be honest. But. Neither was I. But I, I, I enjoyed that scene and uh and whatnot i thought it was i thought it was fun um let's see all right so what did you think what did you think of the soundtrack um i like the score a lot the songs that are in the movie i i'm not necessarily fond of i like the uh, beatles cover at spinners which is surprising because i don't like covers but I like mm-hmm. that one. I think that one's the best. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, I mean, you might have been sitting around in 1989 and being like, oh, God, Bobby Brown, you know. Um, it, but the score, I think, is where it's at. Yeah, I, I'm, it's interesting how some of them is considered written by Rob Simonson, mm-hmm. but it's almost like either it, he does just such a great job of channeling Elmer Bernstein or he just really knocked off his stuff really well. But it, it felt like the first film. That's going to be the takeaway. Rob Simonson knocks off Elmer Bernstein. And yeah, I mean, would it be a Ghostbuster movie if there wasn't some concern about the theme being knocked off by somebody? I guess, yeah. All right. I, I thought it was great. What Looking at the film now, what is your favorite equipment, new piece of equipment or equipment modification? I love the RTV in, in a big, bad way. And uh, I, I had one of the toys, um, but I got rid of it. Uh, you did? I did, yeah. I gave it away to YHS to give away at the party. Um, what I what I really want is like a plasma series RTV. I think that's that's just super fun and super cool. The PK meter updates are cool. The proton pack. I, I like that everything kind of evolved uh, since uh, GB two. But the the RTV for me is like just legit, and you can play with it like remote control. It'd be cool. So. Yeah, I I definitely thought that too. The gunner seat's cool. Yeah. Um, were, were there any modifications to the proton pack? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Have you seen the movie? It uh, it's way more powerful. <clears throat> okay. And there's there's a ton of modifications to it. Cables okay. and such. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I mean, I know that there's like I didn't notice any. Sorry, I did know that some of that was changed, but I didn't notice any function differences, at least that we saw in the film. The lights on the cyclotron they go a little faster, and then. It's just it sounds more powerful. You you get they don't come out and say like it's more powerful than the one we had, but it's like you get the impression that it is. 
Okay. See, because I'm also the guy who doesn't know the difference between a GB1 and a GB2 pack. There's, they're not significant differences. I mean, there are differences for sure, but nothing that is structural, really. The, the, the ribbon cable is different. There's some different placement on a couple things in color, but that's it. Yeah, I, I can tell the difference between a GB1 and GB2 trap, but the pack. How? Is the it sidebars? is it the sidebars, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they're superficial. It's the same with the GB1 and a GB2 pack. They're just superficial differences. But you noticed that they were wearing GB3. OG guys were wearing GB2 packs at the end. That is what it appears to be to me, yes. See? I was I, an, I, I, look, I was watching it on an IMAX screen from the first row, and it was in 4K, <laughs> so I got a good look at those Proton packs. And to me, they look like GB2 ribbon cables. But, I mean... I'm not seeing it up close. They could just be dirty. I don't know, but it looked like GB2 to me. Okay. How did you feel? Looking back, uh, we kind of hinted at this or talked about some of this stuff a little bit earlier, but how do you feel about the absence of Slimer? Is that a big deal to you or not? would have been weirder if he was there, in my opinion. I don't think Egon would have brought him along. Um, I think he's probably in that trap. Or in that containment unit. So you don't think, okay, so that's the post, second post-credit scene. Mm -hmm. You don't think Winston put anything new into the containment unit. You think that blinking red light indicates that Slimer is still in there, even though that building has been vacant for X amount of years. Yeah, it's, it's just a little weird to me. Like, like, that is the one thing. I love it, don't get me wrong, but it just comes, it, 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 there's something about it that the ring of truth for me isn't there, right? Because, you know, they say the thing about, um, you know, Ray says, oh, the firehouse is a Starbucks. That, that, that is a funny joke, and it killed uh, two out of three screenings I was at. So maybe it's just him being facetious, but that's not really who Ray is. So in my eyes, that firehouse is a Starbucks, but then you go into it, and it looks like it's not been uh, accessed it's dirty as heck and there's cobwebs and stuff. So it looks like nobody's been in there for decades. So I just, I guess I find it hard to believe that the Ghostbusters, if they lost the more, if they lost the firehouse, why would the containment unit still be in there? So it's just a little strange. I don't think that, er, uh, that, that uh, Ernie, uh, I keep saying Ernie, but I don't think that, that Winston um, put anything in there. No, I, I think that that's indicating that, the trap or the, the containment unit. I, th I think that's the light that flashed when it melted down in, um, in the first movie. But I think it's just like, Oh, there's ghosts here and ghosts are going to get loose in New York. I think that is kind of what is going on. It's like, Oh, stuff's happening. Or maybe it's just like, Oh, the containment unit's back in action. Like, I don't know, but bringing the car there and all that, it's like, obviously the intent moving forward is for ghosts in New York again. I think you said it right or you made this connection. I think you're spot on Ghostbusters afterlife is Balboa. It's that last film kind of centered on the original cast and crew. Mm -hmm. Now what we might be getting into are, is Creed. Yeah. Where it's focused on the who's new and yeah, you're going to have Balboa there in the corner coaching along the way, Yeah, but it does seem like they they're setting up for the Creed version of Ghostbusters. Yeah, and I think that's that's the right way to do it. Um, you know, I could see Ernie. Uh, I think the intention, based on what we've seen, is is Ernie to kind of carry that. Um, 
you know, raves at the bookstore. I'll, I will be shocked. Like, say, let, let's say the movie makes money, which it looks like it is, and, and that they, they move forward with the sequel or whatever they end up doing. Ernie, I think it's a lock. I'd be shocked if we didn't see Aykroyd again. Um, to me, knowing how Bill Murray is, um, I think that they kind of, they, they kind of wrapped Venkman for me. You know, it's like he came back, he did it, and then you see him happy with his wife. And, and he so, didn't even phone it in. He did. I mean, he he did a great job. There was so, heart. There was it was yeah, there. It was all there. So I think that I would love to see him again. And and Jason had said something. He said something at New York Comic Con, and, and then he said something in interviews since. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said like, you know, I want to see all kinds of different movies from filmmakers that I love. And he said, you know, that he wanted to see a movie with the old cast and this cast and all that. So, I, it wouldn't shock me to see the old guys again, but, like, I don't think we're going to get a movie that's just them. But maybe they will be mentors in, a, in the firehouse in another movie. You know, maybe Bill will come back, or, or I don't know. It's, it's it, I don't know. We got this movie, and that's, that's all we really need to be excited about right now. If nothing, based on everything in that movie, if there's never another Ghostbusters story told in my lifetime, I'm good. That movie was great it was perfect exactly what i wanted if we get more great if not i'm fine that way too yeah i i i agree i i thought this film was the perfect bow on this trilogy and if they do if they do something new that's totally great that's totally fine but we don't need it right i want it don't get me wrong so listen eric and ghost core i want it i because i know they listen i want it but this did such a great job of closing that one chapter so we can start the next. Yeah. I just don't know. It's like you got that moment where the old characters came back and saved the day. So anything with them moving forward, it's like, well, we already got that last hurrah kind of for them, you know? So I, I don't, we can't have another Ghostbusters movie where it's like, Oh, and then the old cast shows up to save the day again, you know, but it's like that that's what you, that's why Creed is like a really great analogy because it's like yeah Rocky got in the ring and he went the distance in Rocky Balboa and that was it. He did what he needed to do and then he shows up as a mentor. He doesn't get in the ring, he trains uh Adonis Creed. You know, so it it really works perfectly if they were to do it that way. But who knows what they got planned? I um I don't know. I would, I I certainly would be shocked if there isn't more if the movie makes money. Yeah, it feels like they're really trying to relaunch the franchise. But. Yep. So let's think. Let's talk cast. So we have some a bunch of new cast members in this film. We've got Logan Kim as podcast. Celeste O'Connor is Lucky. We've got McKenna Grace as Phoebe. Finn Wolfhard. You've got as you Trevor. Lucky you... is her name, her real name, or a nickname? Are we gonna say it's her name? I mean, it's. Because her name is then Lucky Domingo, because the sheriff's name is Domingo. That's good catch. Yeah. Did you catch that there was a, um, a deputy medjuk? No. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, caught that in the credits. How cute is that? Yeah, that was a cute little callback. So you, you've got, and then you, so you, and you got Lucky and her father. You've got Carrie Coon. You've got Paul Rudd. You've got Olivia Wilde. You've got J.K. Simmons. So what, what are you, what's your thoughts on the new cast and these Great. new additions? I love it. I love them all. I, I think that everybody was, was great. 
uh, in the roles. Um, I I love Carrie Coon. She was uh, funnier than I anticipated her to be. Yeah, she feels a little bit like like after seeing interviews with and and spending time with and then reading Violet's book, I I almost feel like uh, there's some influence there. Yeah, but. she was she's witty. Mm -hmm. She was kind of kind of dry but very funny and i appreciated that kind of humor me too what'd you think of paul rudd um i think he did exactly what we expected i think he's funny in the movie you know he's um he's not in it a whole lot um mm -hmm. but i think that was my takeaway was when he was on he was on but he was not on or in the film as much as I anticipated. Yeah. Like I think I think in my head going into this, having no idea, I, I you and I had talked about way before you even saw the film that we had speculated that they were the new key master and um, the new gatekeeper, him and him and Carrie. So we kind of speculated that. And so in my head, I would have thought he came back, maybe picked up a proton pack. And was a bigger part of that last act. But he wasn't. No, it's not his movie. Not at all. I thought he was, but I thought he would be, because especially for his love, he had knowledge. He knew this is a killer replica. And, you know, and like, I thought he would be a new Ghostbuster. Right. And he may be still, but he definitely did not in this film. No. And I was surprised by that. Yeah, he's, he's Rick Moranis. That's... You know, but Rick Moranis put on a proton pack in part two. So. That's true. There you go. Um, I love Logan Kim. Just his uh, social unawareness uh, and just some of the stuff that he would say, I thought was great. Yeah, he's great. And I'm hoping that maybe like him, by the time we hit episode 46 of the Containment Unit podcast, we'll find our voice. Yeah, maybe. Uh Finn was a little underutilized, I guess. Um, okay. He wasn't in the film as much as I thought he would be as far as the, you know, it's obviously anchored by uh, Phoebe and podcast um, and Trevor and Lucky are just kind of there. Um, they get a little bit of time, but there's not a whole lot of character development there. And I was surprised. I thought it'd be more of an ensemble, but the, the characters are kind of split uh, mm -hmm. a lot of the time. But still great yep then jk simmons there was rumors that he was in this and that he it was a lot probably that he was would be, be and that he would be ivo shandor <laughs> ended up not being much of anything yeah but he's still there you know he's in every movie that jason reitman has directed i think he's like his lucky charm yeah so i for him to not be in there would have been weirder but you're right i think we all kind of figured he was going to be ivo shandor and that he might play a part at somehow. And outside of being the mastermind who created all this stuff, he was literally ripped in half within seconds of being away. Yeah, it was a weird bit. Like, you don't need him in there mm -mm. at all. It was, except, like, here's where it paid off. That scene where his body is still dead mm -hmm. and his head turns and looks at podcasts. Yeah. That was incredible. That yeah, was, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was a great joke. It was, a, it was hilarious and... And for that alone, I mean, it's worthwhile, but you don't need it otherwise. I, I agree. What about Olivia Wilde as Gozer? Loved it. 
love love Olivia Wilde. Uh, she's great as Gozer. It it makes sense, you know. It um, it makes sense that that's what the movie is about. I I agree, and she and she got an upgrade like her suit, next yeah. level. If, well, if you even call that a suit, spandex and Christmas baubles. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it it looks great. Uh, she's not credited, which is a little odd, but, um, you know, I know they want to keep that a secret and, and it's, uh, it's great. I need her now. I need her to, uh, I need some images to, <laughs> I need this movie to be out on Blu-ray tomorrow. Um, so, but, uh, you know, there's time. I, yep. All right. <clears throat> I think, let me ask you my other autograph question. Cause I'm making sure I'm not missing something here. Now, the collector and Tom Henry here. Yeah. As you're watching this film, what do you need to get signed? <laughs> uh, okay. So give me like a second here. So I have a 12 by 18 that I've worked on for a couple of years now. That is um, retired. It's not complete. Uh, I need to add Logan to it. And uh, if I could add Bill to it, I easily I would, but... I have other focuses. Um, you know, the my afterlife poster has a lot of names on it, um, and I still need eleven names uh, for me to consider it done. Um, as far as from like you and I talked about this a lot, like we went to the Murray tournament and we were like, oh, it's a bummer that we're going to go to the tournament before the movie's out because. Once the movie's out, you have new photos from the movie. Um, you know, as far as, like, I wouldn't want to do a signing, and, and you can read into this how, however you want, oh, loyal listener, but, like, I wouldn't want to do any signings with, like, principal cast members until the movie was out on Blu-ray or, or there's more images out there because there isn't much. There's not really images of the kids in the suits, the flight suits, right now. There's no images of the original cast or Gozer or Evo or anything like that. So Unless you're okay with their heads not being displayed. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, for me, though, after watching the movie, I really want um, Olivia Wilde as Gozer with the two terror dogs on either side. And then I want the the three guys when they pop up and he says, hey, flat top, did you miss us? Like that shot and then the shot of Olivia. Uh, a combo of Keymaster and Gatekeeper would be cool. Um and then the kids in the suits, you know, I, there's a lot for me though. Like I'm just focusing on, I want to get the poster done. That's my number one priority and anything else is, is extra. So I'm just going to be working on that. I was praying that I would be done with it or at least very close, but I still got a lot of work to do on it, unfortunately. So, yeah, well, and let me take, and let me take this time to uh, publicly thank you. Cause you know, I was kind of bummed and depressed that due to many circumstances, I was unable to be at the premiere. I had been looking right. forward to that for a long time, hoping that it could happen and it wasn't able to, but yet you still took care of me. And so I'm thankful. And so I don't know how many names I need on my poster, but it's a lot less because of yeah. you. And so thank you. I appreciate sure. that. You know, here's where you lucked out. Uh, you know, I met the, the new cast at the firehouse. And uh, at that point, I had our both of our posters there, but I didn't have, it wasn't an expected thing, and I didn't have um, time to kind of work through how to handle two posters at once, which is a challenge. They're large items. And so I, um, I got my items done, 
or my poster done, and then I got a couple photos for you of uh, the cast that we hadn't had signed yet. I don't have my own 8x10 of Lucky, unfortunately. But um, So then when it came time for the premiere, I had the entire cast already, the, the, the new cast on my poster. I had Carrie and Paul and, and all the kids and Tracy Lutz. So really all I needed was the original cast and... Sigourney and Annie weren't there, so I, I was after Ivan and Bill uh, specifically, and then I wanted, because I'd already seen the movie, thankfully, so I wanted J.K. Simmons and Olivia Wilde and Josh Gad. Um, you know, those are names that I wanted along with the he wasn't cast. He wasn't at the red carpet, was he? Gad? No. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, out of the, the ones that I needed, it was only Bill, Ivan, and Dan that showed up, um, and only Dan signed. So I got Dan on my poster, and then... Uh, I didn't get Bill and Ivan, so I, out of that whole premiere, I think six people signed, and I got all of them, but I only added two to my poster, and then I got uh, Logan on an 8x10, and then everybody else, I uh, signed yours. I missed Dan on your poster. I tried, uh, but I don't know if he had seen, if he didn't want to sign a second poster, because I, I had your poster, and I had an 8x10 right next to each other, and he, he did the 8x10, so. I, and that came out beautifully. Yeah, it's it's. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, so your yeah, I mean, poster, that's it. Yeah. It's already, yeah. Uh, it's already got a lot on it and it's kind of gotten thrashed. Unfortunately, you know, posters, the papers, you know, they're big and they're, they're cumbersome and some water dripped from the tent and got on the tape in the corner. And so my corners all jacked up and, you know, it's going to need some restoration work once it's done, but uh, that's uh, ways down the road. Do you mind me asking you this? Because I, I don't know. And if we need to cut it, we can cut it. But who is on that list of people that you would add to a poster from this film? I'm actually looking at it right now. I had it pulled up just to say something. And it's going to be, it's going to change a little bit because I've learned some things since then. Okay. Uh, so Bill Murray, obviously. Sigourney Weaver. Annie Potts. Ivan. You Reynolds. would still put Sigourney on the poster? Yes. Okay. He's in the movie. Um, I mean, come on. She's Bokeem, in a post-credit scene. Hey, I'm putting her on the poster. Uh, <laughs> Bokeem Woodbine, uh, he's the sheriff. Yep. Um, Bob Gunton uh, from Shawshank Redemption is credited as the farmer ghost. Um, he is the body double for Egon. So um, we think the farmer ghost, so that this would not be the living Egon. I don't know. This would be one of the blue Egons. I don't know. All I know is that the only credited person is Bob Gunton. Okay. So there are potentially other names. I don't know. Because there's some stunts in there and Bob Gunton's 75, so I don't know. It's just the word ghost that was making yes. me Yeah, yeah, me too. But, that. but if there are other Egons that publicly become known, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would I would add those. Uh J.K. Simmons, Evo Shandor, Olivia Wilde, uh -huh. Gozer, Josh Gad is Muncher. Um, on my list, though, I also have uh, two. I have Sarah Notticeni, and then I have Shelby Young, who at the time I made the list were the two mini puff voices I was aware of. I've since learned of a third one, uh, so that person would go on the list as well. If anybody else is confirmed as a voice of the mini puff, I would add them to the poster. Okay. And then uh, the last one would be Rob Simonson, who did the score. Uh, that's a good call. Because I, I added... Uh, Arian Tweeten, uh, who did all the ghosts. Um, yep. So he's essentially 
you know, in Ghostbusters, you had Steve Johnson, um, Randy Cook, and, and Billy, who were basically in charge of ghosts. In this one, it was Arian. So I'm not, I wouldn't go deeper than, than Arian as far as, uh, you know, characters go. Ghosts. I think the... I think if I were to if I were to stretch it, now I know you already have Eric on your poster, right? I, I had to take it off. It got smudged. It got smudged. So I would I would consider Eric, and more than even just what he means for afterlife, but what he means for Ghostbusters and in, in total. Um, and I would consider Ben eighty. Yeah, I mean he was uh, someone I was keeping an eye out for. Um, he was uh, Francois Adoy Adoui, however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. um, production designer I, I was keeping my eyes peeled for those two as well had they been at the premiere i would have added them um if if we could you know work out something with ben i would i would certainly you know he built the props and such or yep. led the team you know i i kind of i'm treating it almost like i'm treating or like i treated the lp the ghostbusters album because it's like main cast uh featured cast department heads and then if you performed the ghost you know um, so that's why the voices. I, it's like... I can't, I can't pronounce their name, but the voice of Gozer would be another one I would add. Yeah, uh, she is on my list. Uh, well, a different list, but um, I would add her as well. She's done some cons too. Actually, she just did a con November sixth, which is a bummer. Um, but uh, well, that gives us hope that we'll see her at another one soon. Yeah, she's she's relatively known she's a, a face that you would recognize i think in most cases okay so i was so going back through i don't know now having seen the film i don't know that i need paul rudd on more maybe maybe if if i were trying to do a multi um with gozer i would consider that See, I was um, looking at that though, and there isn't a shot of Gozer and those two characters, um, Callie and and Paul Rudd, uh, in human person. form. Yeah, yeah, in human form together. And then there's also not like there's great images of of Rick and Sigourney together, right? But there isn't really that um, in this movie. I just I was trying to pay attention to it last night when they're on the mountain and they kind of come together. I guess. Uh, you could do that, but yep. I'd have to see it. But you're, I'm with you. Um, I didn't have anything for Paul to sign. I had one 8x10 photo that was one we offered uh, when we did the signing with him that I didn't get done. Uh, so I brought that with me, and then I, I, I literally had nothing for Carrie because I have more carries than I know what to do with right now, including duplicates because I'm insane. Uh, so she was 100% on your poster, um, and that was it. So Beautiful signature said, as always. Yeah, I, I really want a shot of her as. Uh, well, actually, I have it. That's a lie. I have a shot of her as, uh, or in the dress, but it's mm -hmm. after she's um, not possessed anymore. So I, I think that's good for me. I don't necessarily need the red eyes, and the shot is beautiful and it's signed perfectly. So yeah. Um, the the one thing I would say is, you know, if if I could get her with a quote, um, I would love a photo of her as the as the gatekeeper with the quote, uh, there is no mom, there's only Zool. I would love that. Yep. Now, and I, there's probably production shots and photographs that will come out soon that may have the two of them together in a way that I would probably want a combo piece. 
Right. But you and I were fortunate. We got lucky that we were able to get her and Paul together on the map shop inside the Spangler house. And that was a, to me, that's like probably the shot of the two of them. Like there's that yeah, fun right. exchange and there's that shot that you can get from the trailer of them walking into the school. No, I think the map, but is I think the map is it. And um, I, I would like a, it, I don't think it exists though. I would love all four kids together in the suits but I don't think there's a shot of all four of them. So if I was going to have a dream list, you know, the, all four kids on one photo would be, would be something I'd be interested in as well. But yeah. I don't know what that, I have one that I printed that's okay when they're in the cave. Um, so I guess it's that until I see something else. But yeah. I'm not, like I said, I, I'm not going crazy on it. Um, well, I already have, but there's not a ton in the movie that I need that I didn't already know about, I guess. Right. I think for me, another, uh, so but if I were to get the Gozer shot with the terror dogs, I, I like the shot, at least from the film standpoint of her uh, in on Egon's property where she had just come through the corn, mm-hmm. which that was terror. That was kind of terrifying. That field of dreams moment where she's yeah. walking out and she's kind of taking shape and form again. And then she's there in the dirt with the two terror dogs yeah. on her side. Like I yeah, thought that, that that's a cool shot. I think um, I agree with you. If there is a shot of four kids in uniform, that would be amazing. Uh, the other thing I've noticed watching this, and maybe I'm just late to the game. Lucky doesn't have a name tag on her uniform. Podcast wrote his on there, but she just, I don't know if she took Spangler off or if there they was just an un, unnamed one, but there was only one with a patch in the in the cabinet. Trevor didn't have one that said Spangler. No. Okay. Um. I so th- th- I think the other shot I would love that's a little different than you is you want the three guys when they appear, the three OGs as they re. I want the four. I, I want with Force Ghost Egon. See, here's the thing. When it comes to the original cast, um, in that moment, I don't want to add somebody like Bob Gunton to that, right? I wouldn't so, either. I wouldn't. So if I were to do that shot, it would be just signed by the three guys, and then you've got Spirit of Egon. I wouldn't add anybody to represent Egon because I don't want to mix and match. Like, uh, I will add the the Mini Puff voices to a photo with Rudd signed i would do that and i have one that i'm intending to do so i would i would do that i would add new cast and new cast but you know if i if we had a signing with bill murray i would probably do the photo of him and mckenna um or dan and uh logan you know i would do those but when it comes to the 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 ghostbusters the original cast together it's like i just want to keep that them putting anybody behind the scenes just seems uh odd to me okay so the only way that i would do it is i would put a cut with harold yeah i could see that but but then again harold didn't perform it he wasn't it's his his likeness it's his likeness that's it so and it's his essence that's like adding william shatner to a halloween piece because he was it was a william shatner mask that that's that's the equivalent of that yeah i don't think that's quite apples to apples what I would, what I really want to know, and and I hope I can get these answers sooner rather than later, is, you know, did Bob Gunton perform Egon 
when he was alive as well, or is that somebody else? Because, again, he's credited as Ghost Farmer. Because that shot of Egon on the porch holding the trap from the trailer, That's a good I shot. have that in 4K, and it prints beautifully. It is dope. That would be my Egon shot. Um, I would love, but it, it, I don't know... I don't know who I would have sign it outside of just McKenna, but that shot where Egon is holding the proton, the neutrino wand with her. I would love that sign just because that, that was the moment that got me. Yeah. See, I would add Bob to that. Yeah. If, if it's, if that's in case, if that's in fact, you know, a shot that we could print and it looks good and all that, I would add McKenna and Bob to that. Yeah. But I almost wonder if Egon being alive is somebody else because you don't see his face and maybe they just don't want to spend the money on, on the effect. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's there's lots to learn about this. I mean, you and I still learn well, that... things about, you know, the terror dogs or whatever. So we, we still learn yep. new things, it seems. so. That's what I was going to say. Like, there, I think there are some probably shots of the terror dog eating dog food, mm -hmm. something along those lines that would be great. <clears throat> But we don't know really who's inside, if anyone, who helped develop that. Like, there's still so much we got to learn. Yeah. And maybe the book that comes out at the beginning of December, oh, that's right. yeah. I about that. we'll learn some of that. But um, is that coming out December? I guess I should get that. It's the, uh, you can pre order it on Amazon, but it doesn't drop until like December 7th, 8th, somewhere, first, first week in December. Well, I'm going to go pre order it right now. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I'm trying to just make sure that I'm not forgetting. Yeah, it'll just, we'll have to wait and see. To your point, I would hesitate. Will we have signings with the new cast? More than likely, we'll have signings with most of them. At some point. We're not going to offer Paul Rudd again. Probably I'll, not. I'll put that one out there. He'll, you, but I have a feeling you'll get like Ace will get him, and if you want to send in or get him at a con, then you can. Yeah, uh, you won't get the the containment unit pricing, <laughs> but I, you know, most of these people will be available whether through us or other means. But I, yeah. I, I, I would hesitate to get them until we have better shots. So look, you're, you're right on about that. Look, obviously there's things in the works, and you know we've we've already had a couple afterlife signings and and. Um, you know, we, we definitely have a good relationship with Celeste. Uh, they came over to the to me at the premiere and, and said, hi, how are you doing? And we, we talked for a minute. So, um, you know, we would love nothing more than to offer them again. Uh, but again, I don't want to offer any of these things until we have every possible image that we would, that people would want signed. I mean, Celeste turns into a terror dog, for crying out loud, and she kicks down the door with a proton pack. Like, that's the shot you want of her, and we don't have him yet. So, uh... I, I thought of another shot that I would want. Yeah. I would want, and maybe I'm just weird, I would want the shot right after Trevor rips the head of the terror dog off, hoping it was Lucky, and it was Paul Rudd's character. <laughs> and I want him to sign it, and if I could get the quote my hands hurt from all the galloping that would be incredible yeah i guess but we'll I, see i i it's don't... not it's not a shot that i'm investing 300 dollars in if, yeah see that's, that's the thing that's the thing with rudd uh you know we we had a different avenue to rudd than 
you know, whatever, but like his, his quote for a private signing for like an actual, like big private signing is huge. And it's nothing, it, it's more than Moranis. It's more than Weaver. It's some, and, and it's something that those, that we could not ever touch. Um, and then when he does cons, it's two or $300 typically. So I'm exactly where you are. If I needed him on my poster, I would pay it, but I don't, I got him already. So I would I, say, yeah. Yep. Here's the other shot, but I would hesitate to start it because I could, I don't see me being able to finish it. I would, if there's a good shot of Bill and Sigourney from that post-credit scene, that could be fun. Yeah. But they don't, I don't think they're shown together. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't think you can yeah. see it where you can see both their faces <clears throat> or even profiles, but no. like that could be fun. I'm down to a, a point where like I need Murray on one item really. I need him on my afterlife poster. I have a, an eight by 10 photo from GB two that needs him. But if I never got it, it's not the end of the world. I need him on another poster, but I could leave the poster as is. And it's just perfect the way it is. Um, so I don't necessarily need to, but like in a perfect world, I want to. Um, and then I really want the shot of the old guys um, together. But I'm not going to go any further than that because needing one bill is hard enough. Needing three is even even worse so i if i yeah i, I i'm not going to go too far but no if i get him on the poster and then never get him on anything ever again i'm happy but unfortunately i have stress now until he signs that poster so uh yep it is what it is but but again that's your stress and to some degree my stress should be a good thing for our group because that means we are trying to come up with any way possible to make these <laughs> signings happen. I'm, I'm all about afterlife. You know that I I'm so excited about it. And, and, uh, we posted today, uh, you know, the announcement for Sarah and the response has been great. Um, that's going to be a fun one. So even though I like, I, you know, we, I've often said like, I need Weaver and I need pots. So those are names that I'm never going to stop trying to get because I need them myself. I don't need the kids really, but that doesn't mean that I won't jump at offering the kids. I would love to. And, um, and I, I, I feel good about 2022. All right. I got two more questions and they're your stereotypical. And I want to know on a scale of one to 10, how many 10, how many stars are you given after life? And then I wanted, I would love to get your film rating, your ranking between the three Ghostbuster films. You want me to give a, a star ranking of one to 10 stars? Yeah. Do they ever do 10 stars? Okay, let's do five. Five stars? Five stars. I give it five stars. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was trying to write something poignant about today because this is a day that I've... If you're going to use words years. like poignant, it would have yeah. been really great. Well, it would have, yeah, poignant's in there. Uh, but uh, I, I was having trouble kind of articulating myself, so I, I, I'm kind of happy this podcast exists. But um, I never thought I'd like a movie more than the original Ghostbusters movie. It's been my favorite movie my entire life. Um, I've seen it more than any other movie. Um, I, I, it just it means the world to me, and it meant a lot to me growing up, and it means a lot to me as an adult, and I can watch it all the time, and I still laugh at it. And 
you know, seeing the sequel, it's the first movie I remember seeing in the theater. By the time that movie came out, I already loved the first movie and I already loved the cartoon. So <clears throat> to say that Ghostbusters means a lot to me would be a gross understatement. Um, but for me, Afterlife trumps it. Because Afterlife has things that the other movie doesn't. You know, it's, it's very, uh, it's funny, it's got action, it's, it's beautiful, it, uh, it has emotion in it. You know, there are, like, I can't watch Lost, certain moments of Lost I can't get through without getting emotional, I just can't. And I've seen Afterlife three times, and every time the same moments get me. Because Harold meant a lot to me as a fan, his work means a lot to me, and this movie is about Harold, and, and so those things I can't can't get through without being emotional because he's he's gone he's no longer with us and it but it's such a beautiful fitting tribute to him um mm -hmm. that uh yeah for me it's afterlife yeah so uh i've had people you know they're like oh what'd you think we know you like ghostbusters too all right so i'll start with the stars i would give it four and a half out of five i said nine out of ten there's this little small things and I don't even know what would make a perfect film, but this is like super close. Um, it, here's where it's weird. So I've always said that Ghostbusters 2 is the movie I grew up on. Like that was the film. That was the one I watched. There's so many things I love about it. But I think now because of Afterlife, my order would go GB1 afterlife gb2 and here's why to me it had a similar effect as rogue one now i know rogue one's not part of the star wars saga but after watching rogue one and rogue one was a great film it made a new hope even better like to me it added value to it and i think that's what happened with afterlife afterlife to me added value to the original film and it made my appreciation for the original film even go higher than what it was before well yeah and this goes back that statement goes back to rocky balboa because rocky balboa is a sequel to the first rocky like those mm -hmm. two they they're very connected you could watch rocky and then rocky balboa and get the same kind of uh effect that you would if you watched ghostbusters and afterlife but what what afterlife and what rocky balboa don't do is they don't erase anything that came before it but they're not they're also not essential to the story that they're telling you know it's like ghostbusters 2 exists it's something that happened to the guys but it's not connected to those events like the other two are so it's almost like it's a bit of a backdoor trilogy ghostbusters now you know ghostbusters was never like there wasn't if you watch ghostbusters 1 and 2 it's not like you're left on a cliffhanger and you're like, oh my god, I need to see another movie. It, it doesn't. But now they kind of work as like a backdoor trilogy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I, I, I was. My expectations were exceeded. They. Uh, listen, I cried, and it's absolutely absurd to me that I cried in this film. But it was so heartfelt. It was touching. I think you and I both, Egon was our guy and this was the perfect send off for him. And um, it was everything we had wanted. I think the weight and the buildup, even in COVID was worth it. And I just have to give all my kudos and my love 
to Jason Reitman. You did a great job. Yeah, I'm with you. Great job. I, I, the wait was long and painful, but it's here and it's ours now. It's our film, you know. So uh, where do we go from here, Tom? Well, I'm glad you asked, Matt. We actually delayed this show uh, by a few days because uh, we were able to schedule our interview with Sarah Natacheni. Uh, she was one of the voices of the mini puffs. Uh, so we wanted to include that here. Um, so what we're going to do is uh, at the end of this, we're going to throw it over to our conversation with Sarah. Uh, but before we do, I just want to do a, a, a shout out and a thank you to uh, Abigail Gardner, Jacob Walsh, and Craig Goldberg. Uh, have done a lot for this hobby. They've done a lot for uh, this fandom. And uh, they've really made a name for themselves. And, uh, you know, we're all celebrating today. But, you know, those guys uh, are the best of what this fandom has to offer. And, um, you know, we wouldn't be here doing this podcast without them. And uh, I just wanted to recognize them today, uh, you know, for just everything that they do. That's all. But um, as far as we go, you know, um, stay tuned. There's stuff in the works, and uh, we're excited about it. And, uh, you know, the containment unit is here to stay in podcast and autograph group form. Uh, you know, we're pivoting a little bit. Uh, you know, think about football, right? If the if the starting quarterback gets hurt, and you put in the backup quarterback, and the backup quarterback starts winning games and doing really, really well, you go with the hot hand, right? Well, afterlife is the hot hand right now. So, yeah, we got some outstanding things to deal with uh, from the original films, and we're going to get there. But right now, afterlife is the focus. Yep. Doesn't mean those projects go by the wayside, oh, but we're going to be spacing them out a little bit so we can prioritize <clears throat> getting access and getting these things signed uh, while we, while we have the opportunity. And here's the other weird thing. Like, you know, I, I posted today the pictures of some of the casts that we got signed. Like I love the McKenna's Grace's signature that it looks like her as a young person. Like it's not always going to look like that. Like no. she can do a con and, the Hollywood show 10, 15 years from now, it'll never look like it does now. So I, the weird part of me is a collector. I want those signatures while they're young and, and to get them now, I don't want to wait. So there's a lot ahead, a lot to be excited about. So stay tuned, join in the fun, go see the movie two, three more times, guys, uh, and enjoy it. Uh, it's meant to be seen on the big screen. So uh, check it out and uh, we will be back. And don't be a peck. All right. Don't yeah. Be don't be a peck. Be All right. Don't be like the critics on the Rotten critics Tomatoes. Yeah. Just go leave a positive review and make sure you tune in to our friends at the YHS uh, podcast and hear their interview with Jason Reitman that drops on Ooh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty incredible. So I agree. with that, we're out. See you on the other side. We're just waiting for this movie to drop. You guys are ready. I love it. <sighs> don't waste any time, Sarah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess, uh, you know, I'm Tom. Uh, this is Maddie. 
we are from the Ghostbusters Containment Unit. This will appear on YouTube. This will be on our, uh, we have a podcast, which, um, you know, our, our one listener is going to really enjoy, uh, you know, hearing us talk about after. Class. Thank you. Uh, so we, we have interviewed uh, one, one voice uh, performer previously. Um, so tell us about your process. Like what goes into the light? Uh, what's, what's a day in your life look like? It's the life of a, of a voice performer, voice actor, voice actors. Every day is so different. It's really hard to answer that question, but the day of a typical voice actor would be wake up, you look at your calendar, you look at your email, make sure that any auditions that were given to you are done, sent. If they're not, you warm up, you get in your closet. <laughs> it used to be you go to your agency or you go to a casting office, but now everything, almost everything is done in our own home studios or closets, like what I have. And uh, you get those out. And I personally, I drink water first. Sometimes I have tea, sometimes I have like a mushroom coffee kind of thing. It depends how I'm feeling, you know. Mushroom coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's the new thing. It's really it's great, it's got like chaga and reishi and uh, all kinds of stuff. It's really good for your brain. Okay. <laughs> all right, Matt, I think I know what we're doing when I'm in town. We're gonna have mushroom yeah. coffee. It's, coffee. it's yeah. better than regular coffee makes me jittery so and it keeps mm. me up to like tuesday so I, I i like to drink either tea or this mushroom stuff it's really it's been really nice for me so um yeah and then if i have a session i'll do my session i, I all all voice actors are doing other stuff now like it used to be you could do one commercial and live off of it for five years now that really doesn't exist anymore oh. so everybody's doing other things um I'm working on my own series. I have a small deal. Yeah, with Group Nine, and uh, we're developing a series that's based on art my mom is doing. So, oh, fantastic! Wow, Stay tuned. Cool. <laughs> so, exciting. you mentioned your your closet. Did you have to? Uh, that's the, <laughs> that's the interesting with, like, portion. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, no. I just I, I got I got really captivated by that because uh, Laura Summer, who who did the original cartoon. She, she said the same thing about the closet. So I'm, I'm now, I'm gleaning that this is a voice actor specific thing that everybody does. So everyone has a recording closet. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, some people get a booth. They get, they get like an actual booth to put in their offices or living rooms or whatever. I didn't want to do that. My place is too small. So I got vocal booths to go blankets. I got uh, some Oralex foam. Uh, what else? What else? Oh dear. All these people sponsor me. <laughs> um, uh, oh yeah, yeah. The Oralex film I mentioned. Yeah, there were there was something else. Damn. Um, I use a Sennheiser 416 mic. This is all standing on like a music stand that my mom gave me, and I, I have French doors like glass doors, so I put some weather stripping on them, and so they you know they're really tight and yeah. it blocks out a lot of that New York City noise, which is nice. Very uh, nice. But yeah, awesome. it's dark in there. Do you, do, you, do you enjoy that over going to the studio? there are pros and cons to both. It's nice to not have to get dressed and go anywhere, especially when it's really cold out like it is now. Um, but at the same time, studios, you get a more of like professional feel. You're like, I'm at work now and you get to interact with people in person. It's, there's definitely something to it, especially with prelay stuff. Like Ghostbusters should have been done in person and it wasn't. A couple, so I think I recorded that in my closet. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, not ideal. It would have been cool no. to work with everybody and like prance around and be like, Ooh, you know, but that didn't happen. So 
before we jump into Ghostbusters, because we, you know, that's yeah. the the main gist here. But you know, you you have a, a very long resume, and you've done a lot of different voices for a lot of different projects. Yeah. Let me let me ask, what can you tell us about the one you're working on? What's coming soon? Can you say anything about it? Are you t- talking about Pokemon? No, no, no. The one you're working on, your mom's based on your mom's. Drive. Oh. Um, I can't really say much about it yet just because things aren't uh, so much of it is not finalized yet. Um, but we have a really nice team where we're, uh, I don't know if I can say this. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know how much I can say there's, there's a deal with an animation company and there are very, very talented animators there. And, uh, the art is, uh, a little bit inspired by triplets of Belleville. That's a movie that came out when I was like, uh, like the early two thousands, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun Oscar. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. So she didn't know that movie, but I started, I was looking at all her characters and I'm like, oh my God, that's what that is. So it's it's set in Brighton Beach, potentially a fictional Brighton Beach. It's a, it's a neighborhood in New York that's very, very Russian. I'm Russian. Um, so it's a very diverse cast of characters and um, it kind of skewers journalism today and um you know kind of invasion of privacy mm. and a, a desire to be famous and get on camera and be out there and all that kind of stuff um yeah i think that's all i want to say for now you had me a journalism i i was a journalism major so uh, oh, really yeah yeah so very cool maybe you'll enjoy it i hope I i'll look for it so i i suppose we'll, we'll dive in but the, yeah. there's one question we have to ask before anything else so be, be, before you got involved with Afterlife, were you a fan of the original film? Yeah, yeah, huge fan. I was, I feel like all the boys that I went to school with were huge fans and the girls really weren't. And I was friends with most of the boys. I was very much a tomboy growing up. Huge fan. Yeah, I loved it. So it was yeah, very, I didn't know this was, this was what I was working on until I got into my closet and turned on my Zoom. And I was like, oh my God, I thought, I thought I suspected it. And then they turned it on. I'm like, yes. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we obviously both grew up uh, Ghostbusters fans. Matt, you had the Ghostbusters show at your birthday one year. Is that right? I did. My sixth birthday party, the Ghostbusters came to my house and oh my they removed a, a, a ghost from my house. So it was a very memorable occasion for me. It's amazing. Did you feel the spirit? Did you did you know it was there? Was this a real story? No, no. This, this I don't know. Something my dad had, uh, he elaborately led this for weeks leading up to my birthday. He's like, Matt, there's a ghost in this house. I'm like, come on, dad, whatever. And then, I, you know, I'm only six. So then I'm yeah. starting like, oh my gosh. And uh, I, I remember it. Um, the Ghostbusters came. They had their form of the Ecto come and they go into my parents' bedroom and you hear them rustling around. I kind of scream a little bit. And one of them had put on a mask, popped his head out the door. You know, that whole thing terrified me. Like I, I, I needed to wear brown pants that day. And then, uh, and then, you know, they came out with a trap and it was smoking and it was quite the memorable uh, moment. Yeah. It was terrifying, but, um, it, but great at the same time. So yeah, long time Ghostbusters fan. Wow. Super. No, so no Ghostbusters. Nobody ever did anything like that no. for me. No, I think I had a, my most memorable birthday, birthday was at Color Me Mine and I painted some pottery. Hey, that sounds fun. Yeah, that's nice. 
Does it count? I went to a, a kid's party dressed as a Ghostbuster once. Does that count? I think so. Okay, cool. As like, right. as, as a super fan? Yeah. That's what a super fan does. Yeah. I guess so. Well, she was yeah. a super fan. She was like four yeah. years old and she loved Ghostbusters more than I did. So, you know, it was My upstairs it. neighbor, he had the Ghostbusters costumes. Like on Halloween, I remember he once dressed up like a Ghostbuster. I was like, ooh. <laughs> Were you like, I'm in that? No. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> So you mentioned that they they kind of kept it a secret. We've heard that uh, from others who had you know auditioned and whatnot. So tell us, you know, how did you how did you get involved with the film? So it was a strange start. I did three videos for Vanity Fair. One where I talk about how dubbing works. One where I show how I do Pokemon, the whole process of producing Pokemon, and one where I was presented with a bunch of characters that I'd never seen before. And I was asked to improvise upon them, just upon the drawing. Um, So Jason Reitman, the director had seen that and he reached out to me and um, we just like talked about animation and stuff. And then he's like, hey, are you free in a couple of days or whatever? I'm like, yeah, sure. What can I do for you, sir? (laughs) And um, yeah, that's, that's how that happened. And they showed you the footage, so you were you were actually reacting to the footage. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I. But Very I cool. saw it for the first time on the job, like on the clock. I didn't like. Sure. I didn't have any cast to prepare or anything like that. So it was like an improv. You had to improv yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So how do you go being a fan of this hundred foot stapa now to doing these little stapa? Like what 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 do you do in your head to come up with these sounds? Um, well, I, I prepared by watching the film again a couple of times just to kind of try to get into the zone and see why they're so tiny now, like what what the thought process could have been behind that. Um, and I just listened to what he wanted. I mean, he he wanted them to be like little toddlers and really mischievous and, you know, funny, but also a little scary and diabolical. So we just kind of improvised on that that's where kind of the magic happens that i find it really hard to articulate yeah sure yeah we just so were you we're like hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> were you given you uh able? oh go ahead matt go ahead you bile me no no go ahead tom please i'm sure yours is much better but i'll go anyway so were you given specific mini puffs to voice like or you're given the scene and you're like go um, so it depends if there was a specific mini pup doing a very specific thing, then yes. Yeah. He was like, you do this one, you cover this one. And then we would switch. We would, we basically would just audition various mini puffs. So I still have trouble kind of like watching and I, there are certain sounds that come out of there. I'm like, oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> but I still, have, I, I, I got to watch it a couple more times to really be able to be like, that one is me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I, uh, Ira Hyden, who, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street guy, who also did the voice here, uh, he he was able to identify that he did the drooling one. He's like, that's me. Cool. I have no idea how you identified that, but that's that's awesome that, that yeah. he was able to pick it out, right? So. I think I'm, I'm the one that goes, ah! that kind of goes, he's like on a skewer and he and he spins around. I'm pretty sure that's, that's the one that's like, ah! something like that, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome was it did you find it co- oh matt go ahead you had a question sorry well i was going to ask like you, you're so popular for ash and pokemon and doing one character is it more challenging to try to do a bunch of different characters in in a scene like that 
no, or is it, you just take deliberate. it one by one you take it one by one and you keep your eyes focused like on the in the scene where they're all on the Roomba or whatever it is you know like the floor back um that that's a little bit more difficult because you really have to you have to pick one immediately and be like that that one's me that one's me and just follow it and keep following it and they kept spinning and spinning. <laughs> I'm like oh no guy lost it very frustrating but uh, no you know it's it's all fun it's it yeah. can be complicated it can be a little difficult but at the end of the day it's all fun and it's not theater right like the stakes aren't that high it's not film. It's not. It's not actual a role of film. Like we can retake this as many times as time allows. But yeah, in a situation sure. like that, time time allows. So it's just that scene is so it's it's so quick and there's so much happening. Yeah. And as they cut to different parts of the shelves and grills and all these different things, like yeah. it's overload for us to watch it. So I was just wondering, you know, recording the voices if that if that's a challenge or not. But. We it's take it chunk by chunk. It's like when I do, there have been scenes in Pokemon where d there are a lot of Diglett. I remember that happening kind of re recently enough that I can talk about it. <laughs> there are a, a lot of Diglett and I had to like do this Diglett and then we go back and I do this Diglett and this Diglett and this Diglett like over and over and over and over again. I want to make them all a little bit different and kind of harmonize them a little bit to make it, you know, nice to the ear. And um, so I'm not, I'm not a stranger to, you know, group scenes where you have to make them all sound different yet the same. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt and I are, you know, obviously diehard fans. We've seen the movie more times than we're going to admit in this interview already. Um, so I, I've taken upon myself to, you know, kind of look at scenes pretty closely. And I've, I've determined that my favorite mini puff is the one that does the thumbs up from Terminator 2 when he's melting into the, uh, into the grill, which is a, a pretty great yeah. reference. So yeah. I wanted to ask, do you have a favorite mini puff? Or if not, do you have a favorite gruesome mini puff death? The if most memorable one is the skewer that goes around. I've only seen the I've only seen the film once. So this is a really tough question. It's all right. Um, we're the we're the crazy ones here. <laughs> I oh god. I love it when they uh, one ends up under a piece of chocolate. Mm -hmm. and is really happy about it. I really enjoyed that. But other than that, I need to watch the film again and again and again. Those are the, yeah, two, yeah. Those are the two really it, memorable moments. And the Roomba. It, yep. That's really memorable. It's so funny how much they love the suffering. And so even like the little one in the blender, they get <laughs> blended up and then his face just splatters against the, yeah. the glass and he's smiling. Like, I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I remember that, yeah. Cool. But then so I, I even love like the little weird things, like uh, the one that Paul Rudd interacts with, and when he falls on the shelf, and there's the holes in the shelf, and he stands back up, and you just see them imprinted in his stomach. Yeah. Just the little details like that, I thought was so cute and clever. Yeah, really clever. I went up to Paul Rudd at, a, at one of the parties, and I was like, "We've been in a scene together. It's my <laughs> best work. Thank you, thank you." Sexiest man alive. I congratulated him. Like how is that weird right <laughs> can you imagine i mean being labeled that and now the whole world just wants to follow you around and yeah, get a piece of it weird. yeah matt how does it feel to be runner up just I yeah guess. <laughs> you know it's a, it's a it's a uh my cross that i carry but uh you yeah. know it's tough it's tough
so I, I guess uh, you know the the mini puffs uh, they're very in in the same awe as um, as I don't know if you've seen Army of Darkness, but there's these little mini characters in Army of Darkness that are also evil, and then that kind of goes back to Gulliver's Travels. And um, mm -hmm. was there any specific direction that you were given, like when creating these characters, like from from Jason to emulate that, or were you given kind of full reign? Was it pretty clear to you, looking at the scenes, what what needed to happen? It was pretty clear, but he he definitely was like. I remember him, I should have taken notes. I really should start keeping a diary of things like this, but he definitely wanted them to be mischievous and and young, like really little and toddler-like. So that's what I remember. I don't want to pontificate on that too much because <laughs> I don't remember that well. But it's all right. That's what I remember. Was, were you given, well, I guess you weren't given dialogue, but did you, so when you're doing the voice, you know, there's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of noises and 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 grunts and squealing and such. Where is there any dialogue you're able that you that you actually said? Like, because here's the thing. Here's the reason I asked. So Chris, he had asked us when we were setting up the signing. He said, "Okay, well, if we're gonna do quotes, let's do a different tier." And I said, "Okay." And then I started thinking. About it, I was like, "But what would you quote as a mini puff?" No. No. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm All pretty right. sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there there was definitely a take where we kind of spoke ish, but not not like not really. Like no, stop. Maybe we did like a stop or something. Maybe I don't. I feel that I don't. You guys have seen the movie more times than I have. Was there anything discernible that you guys heard? No, but it's all kind of edited together, and there's so many voices kind of overlapping with each other. It makes yeah. it a little tough. There's a there's almost a hooray uh, at the end. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. In the car. Yeah. But I think we that would listen. be it. We should take a really quick, a really good listen. Right. When they're banging on the glass, when the original guys come back, that yeah, I remember. Uh, or, spoiler, I guess, but if you haven't seen the movie yet, th that's on you. Yeah, Way why are you? <laughs> yeah. Very See, cool. I know you've been doing this for uh, voice acting for a long time, and some pretty notable characters. But do you is it? Does it ever get old to see the characters you bring to life become toys? No, no, it's very exciting. <laughs> I mean, now more than ever, I'm, I've, you know, I've been doing more conventions now that like I have a fan base, <laughs> they grew up with my work. Um, so it's exciting because everybody's like bringing new things to me to sign and it's more interesting. You're, you're about to get real busy with those yeah. Funko Pops and all yes. the different mini puff ones. Yeah, I'm excited. They're really cute. They're so good. How many different ones are there? Like five of them? There's, there's like 11 total because what? they're exclusives too. Yeah. Boy, I, well, I should I probably get out. some, right? Should I like be buying yeah. them for myself? Well, well, so technically they're not out yet. However, I live in Seattle and Funko is is actually right here in Everett. And so they had two in stock and they're actually going to arrive today. Ooh, so I've got the little cocktail umbrella one and the, the lighter one, but Dude. they're all over the place. Okay, that's exciting. Is there any one you want specifically? Because we can probably have one for you. Uh, I want the them all. Sign. You want them all? So do we. I want them all, and I want an apartment big enough to house them all. Well, I can supply them up here. Yeah, I can do like a weird shrine. There's a lot to build. There's a lot of northward space. I See, haven't had anything because I knew, I knew I'd be getting eleven right. Funko Pops from you guys. Yeah. 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 You you could have chaotic mini puffs just like strategically placed all around your apartment, so when people come in, like, they're like, "Why is not the TV work?" And then you go behind the TV, and it's like, "Oh, mini puffs on board." There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even have a TV. Like, oh, yeah, I have a, I have a screen. I don't have a TV. Yeah. Mini pop took it. There you go. Took the TV. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> when you pull down the screen with the remote control, they can be there. Yeah, right. oh, Useless. fantastic. So I'll ask this, uh, Matt, if you got anything, uh, go after this, but I have one last question. So, and this is just kind of out of curiosity. Have you done a convention since the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, I've done a few. Yeah, oh, how yeah. are they? They're great, they're great. I yeah. mean, everybody's, for the most part, wearing masks. I did them, I did one in Texas recently, which was amazing, like a really, really fun show. Um, some people have plexiglass. I did one where I requested plexiglass, my first one back. And then I found that you couldn't hear anybody through mm -hmm. it. So I put it away. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. But they're, I've, it's I've cool. It's except people are really excited. They're very excited <laughs> to be back. Like everybody's really yeah, yeah. excited and pumped to be back. And yeah. So yeah, I've done a couple. You guys not done one? I've done a couple. And, you know, here in Florida, yeah. does COVID even exist? You know, so um, it, it does. <laughs> I, oh, it does. It does. But you wouldn't know. Um, yeah. You wouldn't know. But we did the the plexiglass was there. The when people get the pictures with the the glass divider in between, you know, there, there's a lot of that. But I've oh. also noticed that a lot of guests have started not using the plexiglass, and I think for your reason, just it's hard to hear. Hard to hear because it's loud already. Yeah. Yeah. I take mm -hmm. off my mat. I wear an N95 in there, but. For the selfies, it, uh, it depends. If I see it's a family or a person with with a mask on, I ask, "Do you want it on or off?" And if it's somebody with their mask off, I take my chances. <laughs> I I took my chances. In, I went to New York Comic Con. Yeah. But I, I was in and out, and I was there probably for forty five minutes, like on the floor. But uh, I haven't done one since, so I, I'm kind of interested. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was there just hanging out. Had a good time. Very cool. You, it was a good you show. don't realize how much you love these things until you can't do them. I missed yeah. them. Yeah. Very true. The energy is really great. Well, Sarah, yeah, you're kicking off our, our big mini puffed project. We're starting with you. We're going to have a ton of mini puffed related uh, memorabilia and such to, to bring you awesome. in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're excited to see you in person and, and meet you face to face. And, uh, you know, we're, we're very grateful that you took the time out of your day to, to chat with us. Um, and uh, the, on behalf of the fans, you know, great work in the film. And, and uh, hope, hopefully we'll see much more uh, mini puffs in the future. Yes, That's what we're hoping hope so. All right. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Thank take you, care. Sarah. Bye now. Hey. Are you troubled by autograph forgeries online? Do you collect spores, molds, and Ghostbusters memorabilia? Have you or your family been looking for a safe place to go to add to your collection? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Check out the containment unit on Facebook, Instagram, or visit us at ghostbustersautographs.com.